Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Physician Recruiting. My guest today is Valerie Myers, a senior physician recruiter with Conviva Centerwell. Valerie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm actually um, very excited to chat with you because you have a, a keen interest in something that I am very excited about, and that is this whole idea around AI and technology and, and what impact it has on recruiting. You have probably the only one that I've seen as a, a LinkedIn skill of, you know, prompt engineering. So obviously, you know, you're, you're taking this stuff seriously. When did you start becoming interested in this whole thing about tech and AI as a way to help recruiting? Yeah, I think that it's something that I'm just one of those people who's a lifelong learner. So whenever I see something that I don't understand in the news or something like that, I want to know more about it. And I think that honestly, AI is one of the biggest changes in technology that we've probably seen since the internet, you know, um, and that happened when I was a child. So, you know, now as a worker with a lot of time um, going forward in my career, it felt like this is something that's going to continue to become a bigger and bigger part of our lives, part of our work experience. And I wanted to understand it kind of sooner rather than later. Um, and what I've found has been really interesting in that the things that it will be capable of doing in the future are kind of astounding. Um, but the ways that it's part of things that we don't consider to be AI right now is also really interesting to me. And so I think to you and I, it feels exciting to a lot of people. It feels scary. Probably the majority of people are more scared of it than they are excited about it if you look at the research. So um, I think this is an important topic for recruiters because I do think it's already in some of our systems and it's going to continue to be in more and more of them. Yeah, I think the speed is the most amazing thing to me. I mean, I, I have probably four or five AI type email newsletters I'm a part of. And literally every day there's like 30 to 50 new apps, you know, that can do all these crazy things. And it, it's just mind boggling. How do you begin to stay on top of all this? And, and kind of going back to what something you just said there, do you think that the majority of physician recruiters specifically should be excited about this or should they be more scared about this? I think everybody should be excited and concerned, you know, to some degree. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of talk about regulating AI usage and I think that that's appropriate and especially in healthcare. Um, and healthcare is one, healthcare and people's jobs, you know, both of those things, people really are concerned about what AI might do. And it's a place where you want human connection. So um, I think it is something that we should all be aware of. Um, and for my recruiting practice, the more that I incorporate some of the AI tools that we have, the more excited I get about it. And the more that I can kind of see the possibilities of how it can make my day-to-day -day workflow easier, better, um, and actually more human, more connected um, than if I wasn't using it. Because you're spending more time actually 
talking to people and the AI is helping you do a lot of the stuff that you would have been more task wise before. Ex exactly. Exactly. Um, just the emotional energy that it takes sometimes to just write up the messages or responses that are tr you're trying to start with to get to those phone calls, those strategy sessions, those discussions with leadership. I can kind of get through those and preserve that mental energy, that executive function for the connection that I want to make with people. Interesting. So I have a theory, love to get your thought on it. I think that it's becoming increasingly difficult for hospitals to compete with staffing companies because obviously staffing companies tend to be, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people really segmented by role. They just, they operate at a scale that most hospitals can't. I mean, you know, most hospitals are call it one to three individuals that are doing perm recruiting, they're doing locums, they're doing all of these different things. I think that AI has the potential to have the biggest impact with those people because it, I think, could help them, you know, really compete with the staffing companies because, again, 90% of the stuff that's more, you know, automation, text, writing of emails, posting of job, you know, job posts, all that stuff can be offloaded and then really maybe give them more time to compete with the staffing companies. Do you think that makes sense or? I think that totally makes sense. And I, I can kind of see, you know, what you're thinking there. And it, it does make sense because all of us, the biggest resource that we need and don't have enough of is time, you know, um, and the more hats that you have to wear, the more overwhelming, you know, all of those pieces can feel. Um, and you're right with the physician shortage, we need to be thinking differently. We need to be using tools that help us find people. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't understand that like the foundation of AI, which is machine learning. Um, so anytime you hear the word algorithm, that's a subset of AI that's, you know, machine learning. And so the Google algorithm, the, you know, TikTok algorithm, anytime you hear that word, we're talking about AI and all it means is that the computer is helping you make connections you might not have seen before. And so when you're talking about hospitals, um, you know, especially regional hospitals where there's only going to be a certain subset of the population who are going to be interested in moving to that location, anything that can help you find candidates that you might not have otherwise found or make connections that you might not have otherwise found, I think is really powerful um, as well as the time, you know, anything that you can make a little bit more automated as long as it doesn't feel robotic or computer, you know, um, because yeah. recruiters are entirely there for that human piece, that strategic, empathetic connection building piece. Um, so I think we need to balance it out. Right. But I think it's, extremely important and i've done agency recruiting as well so if i was an agency recruiter i wouldn't be sleeping on this either because your money entirely comes from you know how much work you can get done how many people you can find in place and you know in your work week so it wouldn't be it would definitely be something that i would be trying to use you know just to increase productivity as well there yeah you know you talked about time being an issue and i think that's one of the I guess maybe concerns I have is that, so for example, 
my company sells a service. It's actually a no cost solution. It's easy to implement. It helps save a ton of time managing locums and it helps to drive costs down. The mm -hmm. biggest you know, pushback we get against it is I just don't have time to look at it. Because again, they're so busy filling jobs, filling needs, managing locums, all these things they do. Do you think that there's any chance that AI is going to fall into that same bucket where I know it's out there, I'm sure it can help me, but honestly, I, I just need to find an OB today and I can't think about AI right now. Yeah, I do think that that's a, I think it's a misconception that people have that it takes a lot of work to learn it. And so um, we do use some AI based sourcing tools within our organization and they use the same search mechanisms that a LinkedIn talent search uses or these other sites that we're really used to. Um, it's just, again, that the AI is finding, you know, some extra people or doing some more scouring of the internet um, to kind of aggregate people for you. But yeah, I mean, I've given a lot of presentations on AI tools, especially the language model tools like ChatGPT, which I think are probably the first place that I would recommend people start if they're considering AI usage. Um, and a lot of people go into the presentations I give with a lot of fear, a lot of, you know, my day's full, but, you know, fitting in this meeting felt like a burden. How am I supposed to learn how to use this? And I kind of show like the six things I consider most important for using chat GPT and writing a good prompt. Um, because I think a lot of people open up ChatGPT, for example, type in, you know, write this for this and end up getting something that it's like 100% feels like a computer wrote it. Yeah. Um, but if you just add in, you know, some just a few modifiers, you're going to get something totally different. So I think it's well, less complicated than people think. Well, and I think if you believe in it, you have to recognize that it's probably like a lot of things, right? It's it's a step back to probably give me five steps forward. And mm -hmm. you, know, you might spend an hour learning all this stuff, but it might be able to save you an hour a day going forward. And then what does that, you know, 20, 40 hours over the course of a month look like that, yeah. you know, you, you just don't have right now. So, you know, if I'm hearing you correctly and just kind of my own thoughts on this, it, I think you could make the argument that recruiting will get easier, but I think as recruiting becomes easier, meaning you're not doing all of these tasks because, you know, you sort of have AI working as your assistant, if you would, as it gets easier, I think it also becomes more competitive, right? Because if you have 5,000 people in the space and they're all incredibly more efficient, then just by definition, I think you start having, you know, more competition with that. What do you think three years from now, five years from now, what, what is the impact that AI has? I mean, what, what looks different for a recruiter at a hospital five years from now than today? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that there's a single company that doesn't use the term automation. It's like a goal, right? We want to automate things. And so I guess the thing that I would say to career recruiters who might be concerned by what you just said, right? Like that anybody could do it kind of thing is that um, recruiting is the type of career that has a lot of 
domain knowledge is what it's called. So all the thoughts that are in the background of when you're looking at a CV, when you're talking to somebody, these little red flags that pop up or green flags that pop up in your brain, um, those things are things that AI cannot do. So the ability to strategize, to communicate well, um, to operate with empathy, AI is nowhere close to being able to do that, right? AI is just like given a set of data, you use it, and all that's different from a computer program is that it pulls in what you've done with it into the data set moving forward. So it's trying to get better and better, um, but it, it just can't replace what we have inside of our brain when we're talking to somebody um, as well as on a, you know, the longer you're within an organization, understanding what the hiring leaders are looking for, understanding their personality, their work style, um, the providers at a specific clinic or hospital, you know, so all of these thoughts of how would this person fit in with these other people, AI can't capture that, right? So I think that there are going to be tasks that three to five years from now, AI is doing for us. That something like a um, like a chat GPT or whatever the next iteration of that um, might be a window next to your email that helps you answer emails or something like that, or that helps you with planning out your schedule. Um, but all of those other pieces are going to be the top things that people are going to be looking for. Like I think that people who are good at recruiting and can integrate these different new programs are going to be the people who are going to have the most success because that human element of it is just going to be more and more of your time. So it's AI is not going to take over your job, but it is going to take over certain tasks. But if you use it correctly, it will give you more time for human connection. Your job will be more human than it was before when you're having to do all of these more routine things. So it's actually a really interesting point because, and I never thought of it that way before, but for those that have experience and have the ability to see those things like you described, sort of connect the dots, I think they really excel. I think there might be another subset of recruiters that maybe the reason that they're doing well now is that you know their willingness to send out X amount of emails or really hit the phones consistently every day so they're just generating more leads. It'll be interesting to see how when AI takes over a lot of that, where that all shakes out because it would make sense that if, if what a recruiter ends up spending the bulk of their time on is that face-to-face -face interaction and the connecting of the dots, the experience would win, right? I mean, that's... I guess it would kind of yeah, I mean, I think I consider myself an old school recruiter and that I like to be on the phone or on a Zoom, you know, as much as possible. Um, and I think we're seeing that some of the things like bulk emailing, right, um, that's not as effective when you have spam filters, which yeah. are a type of AI that's machine learning. It's looking at emails and saying, what's the likelihood that this is spam and not a real person, right? Um, so again, even those, we have to be more human, more direct, you know? And so, um, I think a lot of the ways that we're using tech, the filters are getting better against it. Um, but if all it took was putting up a job 
or getting the job in front of the right person, which maybe AI could do, right? It's like really target jobs to specific people on sites. If that's all it took, you know, and that's all it took to convince a hiring leader looking at a CV who doesn't look at CVs all day to get somebody hired, we wouldn't be here. And, and we know how many deals wouldn't happen, how many people wouldn't get hired if we weren't coaching and helping throughout the whole process. So I think that that's definitely really important and won't become less important, it'll become more important. So how did you learn about this stuff? What are some, I mean, is it taking courses? Is it online? And then I guess following to that, what maybe couple of recommendations would you have to somebody who wants to learn more? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you want to learn more, don't have, um, you know, so for me, I used a lot of the education programming that is available through my employer. So we have, you know, education budget for employees. Um, we also have free programs. And so um, I'm doing a course at MIT on AI business strategy. Um, that's, you know, something I couldn't have stepped into without having some background knowledge, but you could use YouTube, you know, university, a lot of people call it to, to get a basis of understanding this and definitely to get practical tips for certain programs. Um, but I, the um, platform I've been using a lot is called Skillsoft. Um, but I think if you looked at any of the online, you know, Udemy, you know, Skillsoft places like that, um, you'll find courses that are really strong introductions, but just like anything, it's putting some practical hands-on time on actually trying to use these resources that will help you get better and better at them. So um, there's like theoretically understanding what they do. Um, and I think that that's important because it, it makes them less scary. Like, you, you know, it makes it less confusing, um, but also using it practically for your own purposes, I think is also, you know, really important. So it's just a combination of, you know, learning about how this stuff works and then being curious and just, you know, seeing how it could fit into different tasks. Um, for me, especially tasks I don't particularly enjoy. Um, right. So that's, I think like always, you know, the first place you would want to automate is the things that you don't, you know, have you know, that aren't particularly fun, you know. Right. Like, Emails. It's nobody's favorite thing. <laughs> well, and I think it actually creates a lot of opportunity too, right? Because, you know, every organization out there in a couple of years is probably going to have a trainer specific to this. They're probably going to have, you know, just like now you might have a recruiter and a sourcer, you're probably going to have a whole new role just around prompt writing, you know, because mm -hmm. again, you can't be a great prompt writer, great at doing this, great at doing the 25 other things that go into it. So as you can specialize, I, I do think there are, you know, other opportunities out there for roles within recruiting that just don't exist now, which is interesting too. Um, yeah. So another question I have is healthcare is notoriously slow to adopt anything. Um, I, I did a post last week basically talking about how, you know, the average recruiter is representing 30 plus opportunities if you look at the revenue generated by the average provider, you're essentially saying that an average in-house recruiter is responsible for generating $50 million a year in revenue. And I would argue that maybe half of them are using tools from 25 years ago. You know, they're, they're 
doing all of their recruiting with Microsoft Excel, notebooks, Microsoft Word. They, they don't even have a CRM. So mm -hmm. do you think that, you know, maybe the, the C-suite of these organizations, because of how big this AI thing is, get that and they're going to adopt this quicker than maybe some other technologies? Or are you concerned that, you know, they're going to do what they've always done and kind of sit back and let everybody else do it first? I think that there's always that risk. And I think that a big issue when you're talking about the executive leadership of a hospital or healthcare organization is that there are a lot of concerns with AI and healthcare, right? In terms of wanting to integrate AI into act your actual healthcare decisions, um, things like that. Um, there are a lot of concerns with that, a lot of ethical concerns or just that the consumer is not excited about that. They don't want less connection. You know, they want more, um, or even if the AI says, you know, it's probably this, they want a human to confirm that. And so I think that the issue is that the way that AI can be used in recruiting and finding providers is a very different, you know, kind of situation. And will people understand the difference? You know, will they understand that it's not, it doesn't come with that same burden of, you know, I mean, of course there's privacy and consent issues within hiring, but it's not at that same level of, you know, somebody's HIPAA health information, you know? Wow. So um, I do think that's a concern, but I, you know, I think that when the general thought is AI is scary, the robots are coming for your jobs, right? This is going to change all of this stuff. It's great for a 24-hour news cycle, but it takes away the burden for companies of thinking about how to train their employees on these resources. So I happen to luckily work in a company where, you know, our CEO is taking AI classes where he's sitting next to the founder of OpenAI at, you know, big conventions and asking questions. And so I feel very grateful that there's a curiosity and an interest in it um, from my organization. But um, I think to a certain degree, we need to advocate for ourselves and for our jobs and say, this is, you know, um, something that's coming and it is valuable to you as the C-suite to help us learn, to help us take courses in this or, you know, to um, let us play around with these tools, whether free or paid. Um, because it will be better for the company and that not having even one doctor is such a huge loss and huge issue. Um, you know, some of these softwares can make it so that you can kind of pinpoint in on candidates who are more likely to be retained, you know, um, in a way that even us with so much knowledge and understanding might not see that. So um, it's, there is a lot of ROI in AI. And I do hope, you know, um, yeah, I think, it, like you said, uh, agencies are always moving quickly, trying new things, you know, um, and I think that there's more of that mentality, you know, like startup mentality, let's yeah. try it, let's improve. Um, and hospitals are going to be more cautious and more wary. But um, like you said, I think probably this whole conversation will be out of date in, you know, six months, right? Um, like I'm speaking at a conference in September and I have to submit my slides in July. 
And I'm like, uh, <laughs> can I edit these? Because I, I don't know. Right. I'm very concerned that what I, you know, say in July is going to be um, completely different, you know, potentially as soon as September. So, um, yeah. Well, that's the amazing thing is the speed at which this is all happening. You know, I mean, we're, we're all used to change and we get that, you know, the internet did its thing, but I mean, there's more change now in a week than in the previous two years and you know, mm -hmm. a lot of these technologies and that isn't going to stop. So, you know, hopefully people, like you said, you know, are curious, they're, they're trying to learn, they're trying to incorporate because, you know, if you sleep on something like this for too long, you could really find yourself, you know, behind and, you know, playing catch up in a, in a race that is just you know, getting faster, and faster. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think something that's important to know is that AI is, has been used in the background of so many of the systems that we're already using, um, or it underpins. Um, so for example, we use modern hire, which is, you know, like an AI based, um, screening, you know, phone system, yeah. um, and, you know, again, just to console people, that's nobody's favorite part of the process. I don't know anybody who, you know, their candidate or even they are, you know, think that it's replacing their own screening necessarily, right? Um, but it, it is um, something that we're utilizing. But AI has been there in the background. You just needed to know how to code or how to, you know, do computer programming to be able to actually interact with AI. And now you can interact with, you know, chat GPT or things that we recognize as AI. But anytime you're talking to a chat bot, that's AI, you know? Right. So I think, you know, we're going to have, are we going to have more chat bots and onboarding, you know, in asking questions about jobs? Probably, you know, um, but I think that it feels really fast right now because it is a tech arms race, right? Like Microsoft, Google, They've been experimenting with AI for a long time, but they're not startups, so they weren't going to release it until they were ready. And now they're being forced to, you know, release it or to try to get competitive before people get really locked in on, you know, other companies. So um, it is moving fast, but I, you know, I wonder how fast it will continue to move um, and how much it will kind of change. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think ultimately it's going to be like the early days of the internet where, you know, every business, you just put .com at the end and it, you know, took off and got tons of funding. And, you know, obviously over time, things settle down and there's winners and there's mm -hmm. losers. I don't think we're going to have a hundred platforms. I mean, I think you'll have a hundred or a thousand little apps that do little unique things, but you're probably going to have a couple main players that just like now, right? You've got Google, Facebook, Netflix. It'll probably be the same, you know, main five to 10 companies that are the yeah. backbone of all of this. And then everybody else sort of plugs into it. But it's definitely an exciting time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I love having you on and, and chatting about all this stuff. It's kind of thing. Definitely have you back on because like you said, six months from now, it's going to be a completely different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one last question for you, though. What is something that you would recommend to the audience and why? Um, so do you mean within AI, like what I would recommend or just a general yeah, recommendation? AI could be one of each. Um, okay. So for 
AI, I would recommend spend some time playing around with chat GPT. Pick an email that you're having a hard time formulating an answer with the right tone, you know, and ask it to respond with the tone that you want it to be. Say, hey, you act as a physician recruiter, respond to this email in a personal tone and end that email by, you know, by saying, I'd love to set up a call with you, right? And just see what it gives you and, and try editing it. If you don't love it, say, actually take this email you gave me and write it in a more professional tone, you know, because maybe that was too personal because sometimes it does that. Um, so just play around with it. And I think that people would be surprised what that goes like. Um, in terms of a recommendation outside, uh, I just found a Starbucks drink called a brown sugar shaken espresso. And mm. it is so good. A lot of Starbucks drinks are very sweet to me and I'm not a super sweet coffee person. And I feel like this one has that perfect balance of like that, like caramelized brown sugar taste without being sickly sweet. And it's an ice drink. So it's great for this time of year. I think I might actually try that later. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> All right. Well, Valerie, it's been a pleasure having you on. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with us. And, you know, again, honestly, welcome to come back anytime you'd like, um, you know, as things are changing, love to hear about, you know, new tools and all that stuff, but appreciate you coming on and everybody. Thank you for another episode and hope you stay tuned for the next one. Thanks so much for Talk having soon. me. Of course.